Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Behind the Visual. I am your host, advertising lifestyle photographer Mark Hansen, and this is the podcast where I interview all those people responsible for the images and videos you see out in your world every single day. And today, my guest is Joel Johnstone. Joel is Archie on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's his character. That's one of the um, great characters he's played uh, throughout his career. He was also on the uh, Astronaut Wives Club. He was on the newsroom, a bunch of different things. He's a really cool actor, cool guy. He's got some great stories, one of which he was at the SAG Awards, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel won a SAG Award, and he got a statue for that, and he's walking off the stage and down a little hallway, the carpet, and a lot of paparazzi are going nuts and taking pictures and taking pictures, and he's got a statue, and he's excited about it, and he holds it up in the air, and he's pumping his fist, and he's excited, and then he realizes they weren't taking his picture. They are taking a picture of the guy who's walking right past him at that moment and listen to the podcast to find out who that guy was and what they said to each other afterwards um, when they both realized what had just happened right there. So he also talks about another time where uh, he was waving at a certain celebrity who he thought was waving and making baby kissy faces at him uh, just to find out they were not. So he'll tell you who they were actually making those faces and waving to, and he'll tell you who that uh, celebrity was. So check that one out too. We talk a little bit about how he got started um, and became an actor, how he um, got onto the different TV shows when his career really picked up, and that was after uh, working on the newsroom. What it's like being at Table Reads with Jeff Daniels and what a great uh, prepared guy he is at the Table Reads and what it's like working with Aaron Sorkin and working with the kind of genius that Aaron Sorkin is. He also talks about uh, Kevin Pollack and how he's just a great guy and funny. They talk about his podcast. We talk about his podcast. Um, Meeting Tom Cruise. So he's got a whole podcast um, with him and Jeff Meacham from Blackish where they discuss uh, meeting Tom Cruise or how they want to meet Tom Cruise. And they talk to people who have met Tom Cruise and what it's like meeting Tom Cruise. And then you can also check him out, Joel out on cameo and get him to do a little cameo for you guys. And that goes to the charity, the covenant house, which is an amazing charity that helps um, homeless youth. So homeless teenagers, kids, that kind of thing and helps give them a place to stay and prepare them for going out into the real world. So check this one out, like it, thumbs up it, subscribe, email me and tell me what you think. Uh, leave a little note on there, tell me what you think. And uh, yeah, check this out. Let me know what you guys think about this one. I think you're gonna enjoy it. And I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Yeah, well, thank you, dude. I really appreciate you being on here. Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. I want to get to your your podcast in a little bit, but I want to start off first with um, uh, how you got started, how you became an actor. Was this like a thing where you, when you were young, you were wanting to be an actor and pretending and all that stuff and it turned into a lifetime occupation or is this something like totally random? Like you were Um, here and ended up being an actor? No, no, I, I, um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, you know, I was, you know, dramatic and liked to act stuff out. Uh, I clearly did, <laughs> but, but no, that was not the plan at all. I was, 
a fanatic for baseball. Baseball was my life. Okay. Um, until I was a teenager. I, um, I, I just ate, breathed, slept baseball, literally slept. I, I would sleep with my baseball hat and, um, outfielder's glove on at night. And, uh, really? that was my life. Yeah. And I started, I guess I did my first play when I was like 13, um, 12 or 13 at school, you know, right. um, just as a fun thing to do. And I, I thought it was, you know, just, just fun. Like it didn't occur to me that this would ever be something you would do. Um, I have an uncle who's an actor, um, and had done and has continues to do a lot of theater. And, um, he talked to me a few years later, I guess I must've been 14 or 15 about, you know, getting paid to do, and I was like, people get paid to do that. Like people oh, yeah. <laughs> you get paid to put on a, cause like I had just done until I was in high school, I had just done school plays and I had done one community theater thing Where'd you grow up? and um, Milwaukee. Okay. Um, and then it was really my high school drama teacher who started telling me to, you know, that this is something I should take seriously. And, um, he actually, um, you know, I, I play, I made the baseball team freshman year and sophomore year. And I started like, look at the senior year guys. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm never going to be that. Like this right. is, we won the state championship when I got there as freshman year. And, and I was like, well, <laughs> I don't think I remember hit the ball 400 feet. Like these guys are insane. Like I could throw 90 hit a million, wow. you know, hit a million miles. And I, I was like, I don't know if that's in the future. And, uh, Maybe and I started taking enough steroids yeah. <laughs> 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 <And> everything <laughs> hindsight's 2020, you know, I mean, yep, there you are, see? Uh, but he, he really got me taking it seriously. And then I, I did a summer program in at Northwestern. It's kind of this famous high school program called cherub program. They, 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 it's like a nickname that stuck, I guess. And they called the cherubs and, um, I did that. And then the following year going into my senior year, I did a high school program at the Steppenwolf theater, which is even more famous. And, yeah. and uh, um, and that's when I really started thinking, okay, this is, this is something I should really consider when college comes up. And, and then I started exploring theater schools as well as colleges with the theater programs. And I, I got into Fordham in New York city and, um, and I wasn't even sure that I was going to continue acting when I got there, but I was like, I have to pick a major or at least declare one when I get there. So yeah. uh, let's pick theater. And I got there and I, I did a play immediately freshman year that I, I still think is some of the best work I've ever done, Really, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, that was it. That was, I just, yeah. I knew that that's what I had, had to do. Yeah. 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 So you have a degree in acting? I guess. Uh, yeah. In theater. In, in, in theater. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Did you do a lot of theater? Have you done a lot of theater? You know, I counted, uh, I think it's 44 plays that I've done in my life, including school plays and, the, right. you know, plays at colleges. But yeah, that, that was what I did for, you know, primarily when I graduated for five years here, I'm in New York right now. Um, just a lot of off, 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 way off Broadway <laughs> stuff. And, um, uh, you know, I, that, that's, 
that's what I, you know. How do you like that compared really, to doing something like TV, film? Well, it's two completely totally different animals. Yeah, totally different things. Um, there is no substitute for live audience. None. Um, there's nothing like it. It's, it's a high you cannot recreate. At the same time, there's nothing more heartbreaking than doing something you're really proud of that you put invested your blood, sweat, and tears into and somebody that, you know, you wanted to see it. Somebody that you wanted to talk to about it didn't see it. Yeah. And and then that's it. And the, the, it's it's a piece of art that you've created that for you know that that only lives in a finite amount of time. It's not a picture. Right. It's not a drawing. It's not a sculpture. Um, it's not a movie. It's just and it just vanishes into thin air. And if you saw it, you saw it. If you didn't, you didn't. And that's that's the heartbreaking part of it. It's also the thrill of it. So it's a real double edged sword. The beauty of of film and TV is the the well one the timelessness of it. Somebody can always see it and appreciate it. Um, and sometimes that works the other way too, because right. you don't want people to see it. But the but the other thing is you have the opportunity of a second chance. You know, if you fall if if you fall on your ass in front of a live audience, that's it. Right. Um, you got you got to roll with it. Um, obviously with film and TV, you get a second take. Um, and and I do. Um, I I I can't tell you which one I prefer. I because I don't. Um, I. I, I love the precision of film and television. But again, there's, and especially now that we've lived, you know, in first time in a hundred years without that, yeah. and we realize how precious that is, that relationship with, with a live audience. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's all the more unique now more than ever. Yeah. Um, I, my friends in theater are, um, financially and creatively just starved. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah I can't even imagine. Uh, that's, oh, I think it's gotta be good to at least know that like with you, you've got that gig, you've got the TV thing going on or whatever. So at least, you know, at some point it's start working such a godsend. It really is. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, um, but no, I, theater is, is something that I will, I continue to do and, and always will. It's, it's nothing that I, I could never, think of calling myself an actor and not doing it right. not that not that people who aren't but my oh, yeah. hunger for acting re revolves around all of it you know um do you try and sneak uh, that in in between you know tv and film gigs when you i do it's it's not it's not um it's not enough but every the, the last few summers i've done um in los angeles the blank theater has this summer program um called the uh the Young Writers Festival, and they they pick a one act play written by a high school student, and they pay for them to fly out with the Guardian and stay in LA and put up a full scale production of this one act thing really? with with working actors in Los Angeles, and wow. so they will they will get to they don't get to direct it, but they get to work alongside the director and offer their input and everything like they would in you know the you yeah. know the biggest scale theater productions and um so i've done that and it's um it's just a, it's it's just a phenomenal program and they, they have they have an incredible track record of students that started in that that go on with really 
crazy successful writing careers. Um, so it's, it's cool. a, it's a wonderful, wonderful program. Do you live in, I'm assuming during the Mrs. Maisel part anyway, you're living in New York. Do you live in LA as well? Do you go back and forth between the two? LA, LA is, is, is where I reside. Um, we, um, r- right now, the last uh, few months we we've been in LA. I, I, for the first time came out with my family just cause the traveling back and forth was a little too hard. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I mean, I've, I've pretty much just gone back and forth since, since this started. Jesus, we did the pilot almost five years ago. I can't believe it. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy to me, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've always just gone back and forth. Is it mostly uh, shot which, in New York? Yeah. I mean, other than the obvious locations, when right. they, you yeah. know, the Miami was really Miami. Paris was really Paris. Um, uh, aside from that, they, they, uh, the Catskills was, you know, up right next to the Catskills and yeah. they, um, yeah, they, they, it's, it's, it's a New York show and it, right. and it, you couldn't have it any other way. Cause it, it, it's so authentic New York. Well, you um, are the reason we are watching the show. Just so you know, I've been trying to get my wife to watch it for <laughs> about two years now. And she kept going, nah, nah. Cause she knew it was like a, 50s piece kind of thing and she yeah, yeah yeah she always says she's not into those kind of shows but we end up like the crown she's all into that then we started watching marvelous mrs mazel and she really got into that to where she was like every time we turned around hey so you want to watch another episode of marvelous mrs mazel yeah. <laughs> and i told her um when i first reached out to you that she had said yes and she was like well we better start watching it and i was like yeah well, good. And then we well, are the you. whole thing. I mean, we sucked it all down, just binged it like crazy. So, thank you. Uh, no, it, it, thank you. Thank it. you. <laughs> no, thank, thank you for watching. I seriously, because it, I mean, it's it's it wouldn't live without an audience, like every other show. You know, we 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 uh, we're incredibly indebted to our, the people who watch. And uh, but yeah, it's this. It's a crazy pinched me once in a lifetime experience and and we're all very very lucky to be a they part seem to be of it adding your and character in more and more as the seasons progress I, are you gonna is that it, it was continue? i i you know i i can only hope, sure so. hope we, so. we, we we never know we we we, right. we we never know we we really are always surprised in a on a week you know a episode by episode basis right. um um amy and dan are geniuses and i just i always can't wait for the next script so you know, with the only the future can tell, but but uh, it's it's so much fun. And yeah, last season, um, and season three was, uh, you know, we we Mike and I kind of got a heads up a little in advance that that we're, there was going to be some kind of fight, and we started working because we had to work with a choreo- a, a fight choreo- choreographer for that. Right. Because every person that we touch is a stunt person. Oh wow! The waitresses, the bartender, the the, the dancers, like every yeah. human being, that even that our elbow, they are methodically placed there as like a ricochet machine for us to bounce off of and everything. And I mean, that was I I did a time lapse video of that, um, of in this we were rehearsing in this big great um, room at the at the studios and. You know, we, it, we did a time lapse video of it, but every person there we have been rehearsing with for weeks, um, and it looks it looks so quick and yeah. messy when you see it. It lasts like you know ten fifteen seconds, but 
um, you know, we had real breakaway glasses and everything, and it it had to be choreographed with that precision. And that's and that's 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 Amy and Dan's bread and butter is precision. They are they are um, surgeons, and the show would not have its everything that it has without that because they really are masters of precision. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty and, cool. It's uh, a great show. They, 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 they know exactly what they want down to the finest detail. That's what I mean by surgeons, and and they get it. And that's in the, the script, amazing just say fight, magic of it, them. Does it just say fight in the script, or does it just say like fight? I want them. They fight. They hit a table, or they break a glass, or whatever. Or is that all um, choreographed later? No, no. I mean, it was. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, they, they pour into the next, I think it says something about them. They pour out into the club. God, I can't even remember. That's all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, in my experience, usually in most of the scripts I read where it says fight, it's kind of glossed over and then you see it and it's like a, right. you know, I don't know what it looks like in a script for John Wick, but, right. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but yeah, you, usually it's just kind of like a, like a blueprint and then you map it out when, right. when, uh, when you get there. But this, because it was so, it had so many moving pieces, we had to map out way in advance. Um, and it, uh, it was great. It was Mike. It was a lot of fun to work on that with Mike. And have you been in a great. lot of fight scenes? In other stuff? Um, I've, I've not. I've been, I've been shot a few times. Um, that's, that's interesting, especially like when they, when they yank you, like I had a, like gunshot one time and they, they yank you back. With the oh, really? Thing and, they, and they put the explosives in your chest, which shoot out the blood. And the, yeah. Um, what was that for? Uh, that was a, a, a Western pilot that I filmed for, um, for Lifetime that, that I, I, that was a lot of fun, um, and uh, yeah, and I, and you didn't know if I was alive or dead after the pilot, so I had a chance to come back to. Oh, well, that's good. I was in rough shape. I was in rough <laughs> shape. You know, I took a took a gunshot to the to the stomach, but you know, there was hope. Um, Always. Uh, and then yeah, I yeah, I've done a few fights, but not the the, the Mike one was the longest. The right. the, the Maisel one was was the longest. Yeah, that was um, cool. I would always, always thought that would be cool to be in a like a fight where you you're, it's choreographed and these guys are teaching you how to do like certain things. Oh, I love it! I love it! Oh God! Cool. And 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 the 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 men and women who do this for a living are they are so they're they're athletes and they are they're professional. Um, they're just so cool. They're they're professionally cool. Is is the, I guess the <laughs> the dumb word that I'm looking for. Um, but that's what they are. And they make us feel so uncool because like, you know, they can just go, you know, do this and that. And, and, and they're, and they're really, um, they're, they're, they just look good when they're doing it. And then we try and do it and we're just actors. We, we right. pretend like we know, but it takes us like a thousand takes to actually look like them. Um, and they're so good at it and we're so not, and <laughs> <laughs> it takes us a lot of work to, to get there. How speaking of takes, what's the largest number of takes you've not necessarily that you've done, but that you've seen on set? A director just go do it again, do it again, do it again. Um, I mean, I've I've had friends tell me that they you know thirty, forty, sometimes wow. fifty takes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, that's that's, that's never been my experience with any show. I've, I've never I've never come close to doing something that many times. But yeah. you know, um, why is it hard? Um, Kubrick on um, well, he was he was he was yeah, he was psycho. He was the far tape. end of the exception to yeah. um, you know the you know do it three times and move on rule. He, he would he would spend days doing one. We're saying the shining one, um, one setup. What was her name on the shining? Uh, the actress, uh, Shelly Shelly Duvall. Yes, that he made. He had her do it like 115 times or something until she actually was. But that wasn't unusual. Um, Sidney Pollack, the the late great Sidney Pollack, said um, one of his last interviews, uh, a late night interviews before he passed. Um, he was on the I think it was Letterman show, and he said that he he came into Eyes Wide Shut, and he had heard and because he's a director he felt like he he tells it so great i went and saw he, i love sydney pollock movies i tootsie i still think is the greatest yeah. comedy ever made um he said uh he got there and he was like you know i'm a director so i felt comfortable like i could get into his head know where he was at and, and i had heard he does stuff excessively an excessive amount of takes so I, I, I was aware of that. And the first scene was me greeting Tom Cruise at the door, welcoming to the party. Three takes, and we were moving on. The next setup took three and a half days. <laughs> <laughs> it was like three lines, three and a half days. Wow. But he said after you know three takes, he was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. And then the next one, he was like, I saw exactly what everybody was talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that movie, that movie went like something, I think it was like a, like a year and a half over schedule. Just really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that movie is, I mean, one of the themes is obsession. And yeah. so I guess, I guess for an obsessive filmmaker, you could tell like that was something yeah, hundred, hundred, really hundred take a shot kind of film. Yeah. It was very interesting for sure. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn, um, I that, that movie gets. I'll tell you something. That movie gets better and better every time you watch it. And I liked it in the theater. It wasn't my favorite Kubrick movie, yeah. but it's climbing the charts in really? my head every time I watch it. Every I time need I to watch, watch it again, it. I've only watched. I've watched it maybe twice. But um, it's been you'll, years. You'll find something it. new that you didn't see the first time every single time. You're like, oh, I didn't think. Like, oh, that's the that's the brilliance of Kubrick is he's he's so far ahead of the audience. Um, Every time, every anytime I watch one of his movies, there's I get a lot more out of it than the last time. But but that one specifically, I've been um, pleasantly surprised every time. I have to go back and watch it again then. Yeah, because yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I obviously one? that I obviously watched it recently because the you know we're on the Tom Cruise kick right now. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I tell you what. Let's go ahead and talk about that real quick since you mentioned it. What? How did you come up? with that you guys come up with that whole scenario well, jeff, for a podcast jeff and i have always geeked out over tom cruise how long have you um, known each other 99 we met in the really? summer of 99 yeah yeah in oxford england and um uh, all work together or did you just just know each other we've never we, we've been in the same acting class since 2010 okay and um and so i mean we've worked at a thousand scenes together in, in acting class, but, um, but no, professionally, no, we've never been, so this is the first time we've been paid to actually 
speak words to each other, but it's, you know, it's not scripted. So no, we've never been paid to act with each other. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I don't know that anyone's going to want that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, you know, he, he and I are just goofs around each other and, and we make each other laugh. Like few people can make me laugh. And, um, but Tom Cruise is, is somebody we've just always geeked out over and we love his commitment and his intensity and, and just the, the crazy, um, show that's always around his orbit when, whenever he opens a premiere or he, um, does an interview or, or especially, especially does these stunts that are now like larger stories than the movie themselves. You know, people now go see a movie because they're like, I got to see the stunt that I saw on TMZ a thousand times and watch on YouTube and this, and then the story behind the stunt and the filmmaking of that stunt. Like, yeah, um, but 50 you know, something years old too. And now he's approaching 60 and, yeah. you know, doing stuff that 30 year olds don't try. And it's just bananas. Um, and, um, I, I said it in one of the episodes, but I meant it. Uh, and I agree with it. Simon Pegg said, you know, cause they were asking him like, why, why, why does he jump out of a plane doing a halo jump 112 times or whatever it was. And he was like, because you go see it because it's authentic. Yeah. Because anything and everything can be green screen now. And it's, yep. and you go see him do it because you know, it's the real thing. You go see him jump off of a roof because you, you know, he actually broke his leg doing that. And because right. it was a real roof, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a set built in Burbank. It was like, he actually went and did that on a roof and broke his leg and shut production out for six months, right. <laughs> you know? Um, and there, there is, when it comes to the action portion of those movies, there has an authenticity that no other movie has. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's unbelievable and, to watch because that's, that is one of the reasons I watch them is because I want to see, I can't believe he's you, you gotta, guess, you gotta yeah. see it. You gotta see the show. You gotta yeah. see the show. Um, and that's, that's, and it's, it is so funny because that's not who the actor he was. That's not the actor he was in, um, in his twenties and thirties. Right. You know, he, he, I, I, he was, you know, he did more nitty gritty dramas in his twenties than he does in his late fifties, Yeah. you know? And I, and I hope, but I do think that he will go back because I think he's one of the most underappreciated actors around. I mean, and, and he can do both. He can do comedy as well as he can do. Um, I really, have you seen night and day? I've seen that's part a, of it. I've not seen that's all a of sleeper it. Tom, that's a it. sleeper Tom Cruise movie. He's almost playing a self-parody of this action star that he's become. I think it was all in one day and I caught the last like 40 minutes of it or something. Man, does that movie deliver? I, I, like, like seriously, it's, it, go back and watch it again. It's so funny and he's so funny in it. Um, and like what he does in Tropic Thunder. There's nothing funnier yes. than that. He's so <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Can I swear on this? Is it okay? All right. So oh, fucking absolutely. funny. Yes. And um, uh, you know, and just and I also said this, and I think I think his most underappreciated performance he's given um is 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 Rain Man, right? What he did in Rain Man yes. was, it doesn't get better than that. And um and I, I hope that I think he's our generation's Paul Newman. You know, I think where, at some point he, he has to get back to doing that kind of stuff because you can't keep doing these stunts into your seventies. I mean, he may be able to pull it off for another. No, and I, I, I years, I've read things years, suggesting that he knows that, and yeah. that's why he's 
doing it now. And I hope that he will have his, his verdict moment, you know, or his color of money moment. I'm, you know, picking, yeah. I'm, I'm likening him to, to Paul Newman because I, I think that that is a, uh, I'm hopeful that that is the trajectory of his career where he gets to those life defining roles more in his twilight years. Um, but he does feel like he'll live to 150. So maybe it's not twilight years well, at all. He's doing stuff that, I mean, I'm, I'm 51 and I'm just like, there's no way my, my shoulder hurts, my knees hurt. my <laughs> And just, and just the, the energy he has to keep that all up. And, um, and I've only heard good things about him. From people who've been on set with him. I've never heard anybody Every, who's been on set well, with that's, him. Well, that's the thing. That, that's why we did this show. That's why we did this show. Um, um, because we, we knew enough people who had worked with him. And there wasn't a single story that was like, ah, he was kind of a dick. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, he's kind of reserved and, you know, didn't kept to himself, didn't really talk. No, everyone was like, he is the most giving, incredible, vivacious person you've ever seen on a set. Um, you know, and, 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 and that, that, and these stories are, you know, um, uh, Sarah Wright also was just, she was one of the most recent podcasts we interviewed her, I think like a month ago. And she said, you know, he invites the, the crew to do these morning challenges into, into his like homemade gym around his trailers to go, at like 6am in the morning. I'm like, I, I'm like, you have to cattle prod me out of bed in the at <laughs> 6 a.m. in the morning. Like, 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 let alone like lead workout challenges with the crew yeah. at 6. Like, that's crazy at 55 years old or how you know, what, like, that's Jesus. Um, I, I, I can, I wish, I wish I had that energy. Um, but it takes like five espressos for me to get to that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you're just born with that. That's one of those things where it's just got to be in you. I don't know, or <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or you're well, doing some kind I mean, of great drug that I haven't heard about yet. Yeah, and he also, and and it also is an examination of this um, celebrity phenomenon that we that we think is we grew up with. We grew up with these blockbuster movie stars, $20 million each a film um, that would open these huge budget movies and, you know, uh, you know, multiple countries and everything like that. And I just think with the way the industry has changed that the likelihood somebody will be able to do that again for, for four decades straight yeah. is slim to none. And that we've seen the last great as we know it, international superstar with this kind of longevity. Yeah, um, I see that. And 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 I don't mean we've you know there's not going to be you know phenomenal uh, another. Oh yeah, you know, but I mean to take it as from really an actor that works their whole yeah. life. Yeah, you know, but 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 because it's 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 one thing to be a brilliant or respected actor across your whole lifetime, and another thing to sell out movies internationally for four decades straight that's a that that's oh yeah that's a whole different business and and i just i don't see somebody else doing that the industry's changed too much and even if it hadn't nobody has done that like him for for 40 almost 40 years now yeah. i mean when was top gun was 86 so yeah we're we're, thir we're at 35 years now 
And he's got he's got the next like three summers lined up. He's got Top Gun two this summer, Mission Impossible seven next, and then Mission Impossible eight twenty twenty three. So you know he's he's gonna close out forty years. Risky of, business wasn't bad either. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It wasn't no, but, but I'm, I'm but, yeah I'm on that same. It like, wasn't on the same level as Top Gun. Like but, yeah, you know the big big blockbuster. Um, Risky business is one of my favorite movies having you know him aside it's one of my favorite movies yeah, it's yeah. uh it's it's uh it's uh, it's great who came um, up with the the make this into a podcast whose idea was that that was jeff that was jeff yeah. um all, all, all credit to jeff jeff um jeff and i you know we we geeked out about it and um we have a scripted show in the back of our head about the two of us being tom cruise fanatics um somewhere in our head but he said let's start with the actual live interviews let's do that as a podcast and we did it serendipitously a month before the pandemic uh this is december of 2019 like late december and our producer alec started shopping around, you know, things, you know, we start hearing about everything in January and then February. And I, we just did it as like, for me, it was, I was like, this is fun. Like this right. would be fun, you know, whatever. And little did I know that our producer, Alec and, and Doug were shopping it around as the pandemic was shutting stuff down and giving us an opportunity to do something remotely that we could put our time and energy into. Um, that could be a lot of fucking fun. And so they got it in the right hands uh, with Dan Patrick over at iHeart and um, he bought it and gave us a home. And we started doing this, uh, you know, in the early summer of late spring, early summer last year. And I was just, I couldn't believe it when, when Jeff, we Marco Polo each other back and forth um, because they're too lazy to text. And, uh, and, I remember the day he, he he was like he was like dude this 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 shit's gonna happen. And I was like, what do you mean it's gonna happen? What are you what are you talking about? And he was like, we're we're gonna sell this. And I was like, you can sell a podcast? What are you talking about? Like, what are you? And um, <laughs> so so yeah, and so we we um we we've been doing it since then. And and it took a while to find our voice to find the shape of what the show is, which is now very carved out um but but that's um you know all credit due to alec on that on that he, he's really um he edits all the shows and and uh um jeff jeff also weighs in on that a lot but a lot a lot of most of the editing lion's share of all of that is alec and he uh if you don't want do you do you guys get together and say hey let's reach out to this person we know they've met tom they've been on set with tom <laughs> yeah we have meet, we have meetings all the time and um um and we're always in communication on a text thread of you know somebody we know or somebody we know through somebody that we think we can get and uh you know we we have we have a whole laundry list of of hopefuls for for the next what's gonna happen when you when you guys actually meet tom cruise you're just gonna keep on shut with down the- i will <laughs> shut down I will, it'll be the most uninteresting interview <laughs> no um i uh I don't know. I mean, I have joked that I, we all have joked that we want to do it in front of a live audience. And, and, and I, I, in the back of my mind, I think Alec would punch me if I said this, but I, I would like to wait until that can happen. He, he would probably say, and 
argument can be made. He's absolutely right that, you know, anytime he would want to speak to us would be the right time. But I, you know, whenever I would love to do it in front of a live audience. Or guess like, being uh, that it's, it's a podcast. You could always say he wants to meet with you tomorrow. You could always film that and record that whole meeting and then not post it for a year. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, but then again, it might feel a little weird after that talking about something. Well, no, 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 but but there is something to meeting all these people who he's worked with and then getting to talk to like the excitement of, you know, we talked to Kevin Pollack who said this and we talked to Sarah Reitles who said that and, um, and the excitement that will come out of those conversations. You know, and I would does like the podcast to podcast end of, when you guys meet him? Does it that's that like the final podcast this is, ever? This is or the does debate. it keep this is going after that? This is the debate. I say yes. Uh uh he and he and Jeff rightly say, you know, it could always live. It cannot it, it can always live on after that. Um I uh I don't know, but Jeff and I, I'm just you know, I'm gonna keep throwing this out. His next movie is in space. And we want to interview him in space. <laughs> okay. We're going to go to the International Space Station. We're going to be flown there to interview Tom Cruise. End that sounds totally legit. Totally doable. Full stop. Yeah. Anything's possible. Cheap, too. <laughs> it shouldn't cost much money to do that. That's right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Quick GoFundMe. We need 500 bucks. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll probably get on one of those SpaceX the, launches. Just to pay for the gas. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just going to hitch a ride on SpaceX. <laughs> Maybe that's what you do. You work out a deal where you can like promote SpaceX at the same time you get sent up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you get you get sent up there for free. Yeah, yeah. Once they deem we're uh, mentally crazy, uh, I think they'd be like, hey, "These guys can't fly." They uh, <laughs> <laughs> completely unfit for air travel, <laughs> space travel. Well, I hope it. Just, uh, I hope for your sake you meet them soon. But I hope for the podcast sake, it just uh, you don't meet them for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it'll, I'm, I, I, I trust that it'll happen at the right time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, it'll, uh, it'll, one way or the other, it'll be great, and, and I can only hope that 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 we have that opportunity. I'm um, assuming he's heard about it by this point. Somebody had to. He has. Well, Ke- Kevin, Kevin told us on the air that that he texted him. Well, about that's right. It I saw. That. Yeah, he texted him and told him about it. Yeah. He actually, Kevin, Kevin texted me before we did that. And told me, and I. Jeff and I had a full freakout session. We, we like I immediately called Jeff and uh, really free- we you know we figured that would happen. It was inevitable that his orbit would find out about it eventually. And but that was it was very quick that from our launch day to um, to that happening. And um, well, Kevin should have worked that out so he could just mysteriously you know magically appear while you are talking and just yeah be on yeah, the line. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it was, that was really exciting. Very sweet of Kevin to, to, uh, have done that. Um, I love, love Kevin. Um, he is the most entertaining human being you'll ever meet. He's, he's everything, you know, you've seen him be. He's, he is a yeah, master like storyteller. Cool. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, I've, I've only yeah. seen and, like a couple and, of interviews with him and, I, and I've seen him on different movies and shows, but he seems like a really, I've always liked the characters he plays. I've liked the interviews I've seen with him. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, he's as he's as sharp and witty as they come, and you know I defy anybody to spend a minute with them with him without busting out because he he is he is he's as funny as it gets, man. He really is. That's that's good. And to hear. Uh, 
and and a shark of a poker player from from everything that I've seen oh, really? on, uh, on World Series of po- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you know see him play. Uh, I um I would love to play cards with him someday, but I know he'll take all my money. <laughs> 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 he's he's really 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 good. You know, I have to say this show, um, the Marvelous Mrs. Basil has taught me more about Jewish people than I ever knew in my entire life, you know, about um, the inner workings of being Jewish, just from watching some of it with the family and all that. And like, I'd heard stories cause I have some Jewish friends and we talk about it and they said, wow, I, you know, some of it's all like some of the stereotypes here. Is that real? Like, yeah, that kind of is. It, it's, I mean, the, the show is, I mean, it, 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 it has an authenticity to it that, um, that can't be matched. I, I, I love it. And I think, I think, um, you know, as somebody who grew up Roman Catholic, I, I, I am so much more drawn to, cause I, I, I never, I, I never gravitated towards the religion that I was presented with as, right. as, as a, you know, I would, I don't know what I call myself now. I am not a church goer. I'm not Catholic. I'm not, I don't know what I am, but, but, um, but, um, the the community of um the religion in the show makes it so much more appealing than the religion mm-hmm. i was given growing up <laughs> right. you know um it it really does and and um um we we grew up with a family that would do passover every year and invited us over so i i have been to every year growing up a, a passover i you know no the tiniest bit about that. Um, um, but it's, it's been eye opening to me as somebody who also didn't grow up in that faith. Um, in a lot of ways, I've, it's been a, a learning experience for me as well. Yeah. It's been amazing. So tell me what's, when you first start acting, the first role you got and you thought, this is it, you know, this is a, a huge role for me. I'm, you know, this is, I know I'm going to make it from this point forward. I'm not going to have to wait tables and act at the same time. I'm going to be able to make a living doing that. Oh, I mean, I, 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 and I'll tell you this from all my, me and most of my friends that, that have continued to work and still do continue to work. There's always that voice in the back of our head. that's like, you're going to be bartending next week. You know, like that never goes away. That's, that's <laughs> because, yeah, because you that. spend so long not getting anywhere and um feeling like it'll never happen that i don't think that voice ever fully goes away and 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 there's also i've never had that moment where i'm like you've made it and i i kind of like i think robert duvall can say i've made it i think judy dench can say i've made it (laughs) you know I, i i think until you're at that level and you've done this for decades and decades. And I don't mean that you need to have international recognition, you know, recognition like they do, but I'm just saying, I, th- I think it just takes decades and decades and decades of experience and work and success to say I've made it. I, I've, I've never had that feeling. I've had plenty of feelings of I'm the luckiest fucking person on earth, but yeah. I've never had that right feeling of I've made it. I'm not going back to the bar. Right. Um, I hope I do. I hope I have that feeling someday, but, uh, but I'm not there yet. It's, 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 uh, and it, but there also is, 
Um, I, I never want to rest on my laurels and feel comfortable and feel like I don't have to keep digging and discovering and getting better. Cause, cause um, like any craft, any skill, it's something that can always be refined and improved upon. Yeah, I get that. Cause it's like my photography. Every time I look at a picture, I always look at it and go, I could have done that better. If I've yeah. done this a little better, or if I tweaked that a little more, if I've done that, and it's always every single time. I don't know that I've ever been looked at a picture and thought it's the perfect shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I listened I listen to B.B. King very, very late in life give an interview, and they asked him about his regrets. And he was like, I, I wish I'd practiced more. <laughs> My God, You're really? King. Are you fucking kidding me? You're the greatest. Are you kidding? You're wow. what? <laughs> yeah, he was like, I, I could be better. I could be, you know, my, some of my finger work could be a little smoother, a little, and I'm like, I, that, that, that's, there's such beauty to that. I think that's what keeps, people, I, um, keeps you moving and keeps pushing you to constantly, because you never get to that point where you think, I'm, I've perfected this, I've got this. I think when you get to that point, it all ends. I mean, well, that's I think, not what art is. There's no, fin- there's no finish right. line with art. Yeah. It's, 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 it's constantly in, in, motion it's constantly in development um it's it's only time or by somebody else's hand where it's determined finished you know yeah um and and so if you don't keep digging if you don't keep saying there's something deeper then 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 you got to question it you know yeah, I think that's um, when I, guess, I think that's when you just get to the point where the the desire for it is gone, or when you think I've I've done the best I can, I'm hit perfection on this. Yeah, you don't really have that. Yeah, I think that's the point where you've lost the desire to continue to go because yeah, I don't think yeah, you can never yeah, yeah, always have it. No, I mean there. I mean at the same time, you know, practically there is you know if you're editing something or you whatever, like there does come a time you go okay, oh yeah, stop, yeah, move on to the next scene. But 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 you have to find the balance between. Um, satiating that creative itch and also not going mad. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and, and there is a fine line, but, but there's, there's always room to improve and get better. And that's, that's what should keep people hungry, I think. And what keeps me hungry. And I, um, um, that is, that is, that is, that is the real gift of Maisel because Amy and Dan get that out of everybody. They, 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 in the best of ways, dig deeper than anyone I've ever worked with and get it and get it out of you and bring out your best. Um, and I've, I've had multiple takes where I felt like, okay, that was good. And Amy or Dan will say, okay, let's do one more and just try this little tiny little thing and I'll do it. And I'll go, fuck, that was better. Fuck, that was better. And they use that. And I'm like, shit, there was, there was one better. They found it. Um, uh, it actually happened yesterday. And, and another one of those, it's happened many times, many times. And I, I, that is the real gift of, of this show and those two. What's it? Okay. So you were on newsroom as well for a little while. Yeah. What's, what was that like? As maybe you don't have to compare it necessarily to Maisel, but, what was it like being on an Aaron Sorkin show, working with Jeff Daniels, all that? Well, I never got to work with Jeff. I, I God, I could only wish. Um, knock wood. Um, but I did meet him at a at a table read, and and there, you know, multiple table reads, and, and he was 
He, man. Because that was a cool I, show. I, I really like that show. I was hoping it would last a little bit longer. It ended a little too it, soon for me. He, like, and when I go to a table read, even if I have two lines or, you know, a hundred, I mark my script up. I, I, you know, do my homework the night before. I, I kind of, I, I have to know the story of what the scene's going through. He, 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 he may have done that. I don't know. But he was the only person I've ever seen do, do it off an iPad, um, swiping through and was fucking pitch perfect camera ready. I mean, just performance ready on it. At, 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 the, at the, I was, I was four or five table reads there and everyone was better than the next. I was like, how did, he is just a maestro. Um, I couldn't believe it. He, he is so, I mean, he's such a wonderful actor. Really, really, really. Um, and, but Sorkin, you know, you're only as good as the words you're given. And yeah. sky's the limit with. Do they with, tell you when you, you know, do writers you like do an Aaron Sorkin, Amy and Dan, and and Aaron, and what's that? When you do an Aaron Sorkin deal project, do they tell you you have to talk as fast as you can? Because it seems like in all his stuff, everybody is like the. I don't even know if it's really talking it's, fast as much as it is the energy going between back and forth between actors. It's it's just like boom, no, boom, boom, nobody boom, ever boom, says. Boom, boom, boom. No, no, no. It's just, it's, it's, it's implied that you know it. Um, And it's also, they've seen it in the audition, whether or not, you know, you, but it's not about, and I have this conversation all the time with, with, with folks that it's not about talking fast. It's, it's about thinking fast, thinking faster than a normal person does. Um, Because there actually are people that talk that fast. And there's certainly times in my life where I'm caffeinated enough or, you know, impassioned enough to talk that fast and and um it's it's when my it's when everything i'm firing on all cylinders and that's um that's the frequency he's operating on when 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 he writes that and um you know it's he he uh that 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 show was also another gift it really was and and he I, it was it was so much fun to work with. He was he was the showrunner, so he was around quite a bit when I was there. And and um, it, every time felt like a kid in a candy store. He, he was just having fun, and um, you get to set and do the day's lines for him. Like like whatever, however many scenes you were there for, you would do all those for him. And and he he was just. He would look at the ground, listening to it, and it was kind of his last chance to rewrite. And there was a, there was a, there was an enjoyment out of it that he got that 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 was contagious. And um, he he every time he was there, it made the set better. Um, and uh, it, it, I had a that was that was like my first big job in Los Angeles, and kind of got the ball rolling for me because it was it was a desert before then i had been there for for years and um and i and i booked that job and another recurring job on a small show that didn't get enough eyeballs but was was um just as great called getting on i booked those two jobs within 48 hours of each other really um and yeah and so i you know just gone through like four or five years of very, very little work in Los Angeles and really thinking about moving back to New York and 
um, I don't know, being a plumber or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, but then, but then I got these, uh, these two auditions that, that really got the ball rolling for me. Damn. Um, and those opened up some other opportunities and, you know, there's, there's, there's always ebbs and flows. Um, but, but, but those two days changed a lot of things for me in, in LA. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that um, what got you to what, Astronaut Wives and then to Maisel and all that? Well, I, I mean, I... Or at least help put uh, you I don't know to if that they level got them, but, get but, those but jobs. They, they, they help what they did. What, when you work, it helps. Work did not, does not necessarily beget you more work, but it does beget you more auditions. Right. Um, um, and so I started auditioning more. For sure. And um, that's the, uh, you know, that's, that's the gig because until you are, you know, getting offered jobs all the time, you're a professional auditioner. That's what oh, you yeah. are as an actor. It's very similar to photography because yeah. you do a bigger job, it opens the door to get you to bid on more jobs. I mean, you're getting yes. jobs, but you get to bid on bigger, better jobs, more jobs. Yeah. 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 And that never really goes away because, because, um, you know, I have heard stories and read stories of actors that, you know, uh, you know, are as white hot as it gets and, you know, just off an Oscar, whatever, up for a role against this person or auditioning for a role against this person in this, you know, huge, um, I'm not going to name names just right. because you never know what's hearsay, but you hear it enough that you're like, shit, it never really stops. Like you, you're, you're always competing. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's heaven on earth when, 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 when you win and it's just eternal misery when you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I get it. My wife's you know? like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you constantly do stuff and then don't get the job. And then you go, that's all right. And yeah. it'll pop up and you're just like, well, yeah, I, 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 me and me and my wife, some of our biggest blowups have been about when she doesn't have an interview go well or something, you know, she, she, uh, uh, she was looking for a, a job uh, years ago and she went to like three or four interviews. She was like, I didn't get a single one, three or four. I was like, you're telling, like, you're getting worked up over three or four. I was like, I'm going three or four a week. Yeah. I, I, I'll go a year without getting one. What, what are you saying? What are you, um, you know, so I, yeah, it's, I mean, it is a, Derek Jeter has a saying that I live by, that I love. And um, again, baseball is still, I mean, I'm biding my time until somebody offers me a baseball contract, but okay. uh, well, good. So I'm just throwing that, out there. That. <laughs> throwing that out there, but I, I, he has one of my favorite quotes. Um, he said, baseball is, is, it's a game about the management of failure. Because if you fail 80% of the time, you're unemployed. If you only fail 70% of the time, you're a household name. So it's just about how much can you yeah. limit, how much can you limit failure? Because you're going to fail the majority of the time. The greatest, the greatest players in the, in the history of the game are majority failures. <laughs> That's nobody has, at it. yeah nobody has ever beaten the game of failure in baseball 
It's just about how much, how little can you fail? That's a good because you're going to, you're going to fail more often than not. Yeah, I like. And once you accept that, then it becomes about managing that. And you know, I, I, uh, it's it hurts, man. It hurts when you go to an audition, you don't get it, especially when you get close, especially when it's in your hands, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can feel it, and you can taste how much that's going to change your life, and it doesn't go your way. That uh, it's it's painful. But you have to accept that, you know, you, 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 if, if the odds are in your favor, you're only going to get one out of every 15, 20 jobs that you audition for. Those are good odds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like you said, uh, it's, and it's a, it's a good and bad thing because I mean, when you get it, it's great. You feel excited about it. The bad thing is sometimes, at least I know at my house, you start planning things based on the fact that you think you might or you think you might get this next gig coming up. Like, oh, we can do this because you're going to have that. You know, that's going to come up. I'm sure you're going to get I know. Uh, you, you, you spend the money you haven't earned yet? Yes, yes I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me, look, let me look at that couch that I've been putting up. Um, yeah, that's exactly I'm sure the right. phone's going to ring. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been there a thousand times. Um, that's also the kiss of death when you do that. You got to You got to not make that, those plans. I finally, yeah, finally, uh, my wife and I finally learned don't do that. Just yep, wait. Yep. 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 So yeah. Somehow the the universe knows you're doing that. And goes. Nope. I'm taking this one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Do you do? I saw a thing online. Do you read for Audible? Have you? Do you read? Do audio books? You know, I haven't. Oh God, I haven't done that in in ten years. I I um I I did for like two years. I did half a dozen different audiobooks. I was um that industry has changed a lot, and yeah. and I had I had um an an audiobook agent who retired um shortly after the last one that I did, and and I just. Um, I, I'm, I'm completely open to it. It's just the, the opportunities have been few and far between. Um, but I actually, I, I, the, the, my claim to fame in that, in that arena is, uh, 13 reasons why, which has gone on to be a big, I was the voice of the, I narrated that the, the male portion of that, because it's also told from the female portion, the girl who commits suicide. Um, I obviously did not voice that. Uh, although I, it would be impressive yeah. if, I, if it I would did. be extremely impressive. Uh, um, <laughs> but no, yeah. I, so, so I was one of the voices of, of, of that. And um, yeah, that was like, and they were all YA books. They, they were, I, I didn't do like, you know, a Hemingway novel or anything. Like they, they were mostly all in the young adult um, okay. sphere. And uh, you know, it, it, it was, that is exhausting work. I it bet. really is um, in the best of ways. I mean, it, it's just, it's, I compare it to, I, I, you know, doing a long distance run where, where you just, how long you know, are those days? It's, it's, you're exhausted, but really fulfilled at the end. They're like eight to eight to 10 hour days of like sitting there in a dark booth, um, repeating every line in a book at least three times. Really? Um, you just so you don't yeah. just like read it through. You actually read it and then go back and read it again and read it. Oh, and you average doing every line. I mean, sometimes you're lucky and you'll say a sentence and move on to the next. But most of the time, um, you know, you'll 
something will be wrong or they'll say, I'll just give us another alternative on that line. And, and, uh, you know, I got, I, I, I can only think how hard that is to edit. Um, thank God I don't have that job. Uh, but it's, it's, it's it, like the, the days I did those, I slept really well at night. Like it was, it's tiring. It, I, I, um, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's fun and it's fulfilling, but it's, it's, uh, it's really tiring. And you have to, you have to do a lot of homework to, to make your day. Cause they, they tell you, you know, we want to get this many pages done. And to do that, you have to know the characters that are day, coming up. Cause it, I would usually do a whole book in two days. So, so I don't know, like if, if it was a 300 page book, 150, you know, and, and um, and, you know, if there's, I don't know, pick a number of how many characters are usually in a novel, but let's, let's, let's say 20 to 30. You right. have to know, like, you have to do 20 or 30 distinct, distinct different voices. Right. And, you know, so you're like, okay, I'll, I'll be uh, Southern for this, you know, cop who pulls him over here. Yeah. And then, you know, on page 120, okay, I'll do Southern. And you're like, shit, no, I did Southern for the cap. I got to do something. And it's like, well, you know, it, I mean, that's like, I, I used wow. to just, I would keep, keep a list of like what kind of pitch, inflection, dialect I would put like on all the characters on a, on a list. And you, yeah, because you kind of got to know that. Yeah. Wow. Or the producer will say, oh, that sounds a little too close to the principal in, you know, the first chapter. So let's do it. You know, so, so that's its own challenge. Yeah, damn, that's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work. It really is. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I might not yeah. want to continue. I see why maybe it's been 10 years since you did that. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm, honestly, I, I would welcome it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's just, um, you, know, you just got me thinking. I'm going to call my agents. <laughs> right? Why not? It's one of those. That's one of those things that I, you know, I enjoy doing, and I. Uh, I, or, I guess if you can do it in two days, two three days. Yeah. When you have some downtime. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, the other thing is like you, you, you can't. There's no like. You, there's no downtime where you can like, go and. You know, if 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 you're in between takes or at lunch or something like that. No, like when you're, it's just you and the microphone and the page and you're just reading, 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 reading. It's, it's, it's the whole day. Wow, man. What do you do on and set during downtime? Speaking of downtimes, like when you have like, not like um, gig downtimes, but just on set downtime, what do you do to keep yourself not from being, too you know, I, conversation. I, 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 I try to stay off my phone as much as possible. I, I don't, uh, um, but I, I, I really, I, I don't know. I'm always fascinated with people. And I, um, I, I love being around people. That's another thing that just made this year unbearable. You know, I have plenty of introverted friends that, you know, I don't think we're as, uh, <laughs> as impacted emotionally as the, the extroverts that I know. And, you know, that I oh, fall yeah, into that I'll, category. Yeah. I, 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 I need to be around people. Um, I don't know an actor really who doesn't. They'd be lying if they said they didn't need to be around people uh, that's that's our job and um you know i just i just enjoy conversation catching up with people and hearing about their experiences and lives and um 
and 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 most actors that I work with are just incredibly entertaining people. So I like hearing their stories and points of view, and you know. <laughs> um, so you know, I I just I just enjoy that and I try and make as much conversation as possible. Well, that's good. You don't just go slink yeah. off and stare at your phone for an hour or two. No, 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 because that's that's. I can do that anywhere, any day. Yeah. You know, it's like the, it's it's a gift to be on set, and it's fun. And and I, it really like every time I walk in onto a set, it, it, it I still I like I still get excited. It's it's just, there's something about like the sawdust in the air and a freshly built set and the lights and the crew buzzing around. And like I fucking love it, man. I really yeah. do. Um, it's 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 the circus and you get to go play for a day and every time, every day you're there and man, is it fun? It really is. When you, when you head back to uh, the set of Maisel, uh, you know, we, 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 they, they keep me updated on a, you know, daily, weekly basis. So I don't really know. They're, That's they're, they're asking us to keep everything super right. Hush, hush, uh, uh, this, this season. Um, so I, I would that makes sense. love to be able to share more details, but I, I can't really, right. I, I, uh, I'm not working today. I know that. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, um, man, it's, it's so much fun. It really is. I, I just, I love it. Um, it's one of those jobs where you, you know, you reach the end of a season you're like, I wish this was a year round job. I really do. You know, how much time are between like, seasons? How much downtime is there like between the seasons? When there's not a pandemic? When there's not a pandemic. Right, yes. <laughs> when there's not a pandemic. <laughs> <It's> yes. <typically laughs> uh, uh, you know, every, we've, we've the, the first three seasons, we, we always shot during the summer. So it was like the summer of 17, 18, and 19. And we, we usually wrapped around Labor Day, and then it usually came out around the holidays. And then okay. we usually went back in the spring. So, you know, you, usually there was like six months of downtime. Okay. That's good. Um, yeah, that's good. You time to do other then, stuff. If you want to, and then yeah, and then uh, you know, and then when there's a pandemic, who who the hell knows? We uh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I was yeah, talking and, to and one of the guys from Billions the other day, and he, they they're still filming the last half of season five. So yeah. that stopped yeah. back in March of 2019. So oh, I have I have friends that filmed like yeah, I have friends that filmed half a pilot you know, in, in like, yeah. you know, late February last year and then went back nine months later to film the other half of the, you know, it's, it's, it's bananas, man. It's, and it's, it's also just crazy being in this world that you're so accustomed to and, and the Apple card is completely turned over and mm -hmm. you go there and you, you know, the first thing you do is get a stick shoved up your nose oh. and, you know, it's like, it's just, it's weird. It's is so, that going to change um, with, with, um, People get the tell vaccine. Me, I hope so. So if you get the God, vaccine, so. like we don't have to shove it up your nose anymore. I can only hope nobody's. That's why nobody's, I did it. I got my vaccine somewhere. Nobody, I don't want to go on set where I gotta have it have it shoved up my nose to be tested again. Nobody. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like I, I just you know, football season just ended. I, I was, I was wondering, like, are these guys? They, they got tested daily, man. Oh, right? yeah, in, yeah. in Aaron Rodgers' MVP speech, he said, you know. 180 straight days of getting sticks shoved up his nose. Um, you know, you hear they're adding and, the 17th game to the season. I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't. Yeah. That game's, 
that game's a grind enough as it is. That that's just I. I that's just part of me used to be wish that it was like a year round thing, and I started thinking about no, it. I was like, no, it's a I mean, just for game. me personally. But then I started thinking, then it would just be like, eh, whatever, football's on again. I don't care. Yeah, well, but then it's, it's, it's seventeen games and put those guys. I mean, preseason plus another extra game and you just beat the hell out of them. Look, I love football. I'm not. I'm not on the football band football wagon. I'm. I'm not. I. I. I love it too much. That I. I think that they have um, mitigated enough of the brutality of the game to make it still enjoyable to watch. I know that's arguable. I. I I'm happy to have that argument with anybody anytime. But, um, you know, I just think adding any more games is more opportunity for you know, if not a violent injury, an injury that sidelines your favorite player from the playoffs, you know, and, and it's like, why? Like this, this system has worked and also it's going to set the record books back again. And it's like, how are we going to compare this generation to that generation? It's just like, there's no obvious reason for it other than greed, you know, like, like it's, 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 it's not, they're not playing. They're not paying the players anymore. Right. You know, like like their their contracts stay the same. Why? Yeah. Why should, should they, negotiate you know, that part in there? If we play an extra game, you got to pay us more. They're not. Yeah. No. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it'll it'll going forward they will, but I'm sure everybody you know everybody who's got a contract already they're not getting paid anymore. No. Nah. Um, I, I I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but uh, you know it is what it is. Yeah. So um, tell me about cameo. Who's your team? The Panthers. Yeah, yeah, Panthers. Panthers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you all Green Bay all the way still? I live and die with the Green Bay Packers, man. I, yeah. I, I always will. It was, it was, it was just embedded in my, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely fabric of my growing up, and and it will never go away ever. I got, I got a, a fly Green Bay Packers flag out in front of my house during the season. So. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny, and I respect I saying, it. I don't like it, but I respect it. One of my neighbors, I put mine up, and one of my neighbors put his Chicago Bears one up, like four four, four houses down. And I was like, I don't like it, but I respect. It. I right. do. I do. <laughs> and I ne- I never noticed it until like a week after I put mine up, and I was like, okay, all right, I got it. Yeah, he saw that. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shots fired. Got yep. it. Got it. <laughs> Are you still doing cameo? I am. I am. I kind of forgot that I was. Um, some somebody just um. But but I, I'm still doing it for the Covenant House. I, I um, for yeah, the Covenant House is just if if you don't know about it, it's it's just a, God, it's 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 just the best of charities that you could think of. They they, they are a um, um, uh, uh, I want to call them a nonprofit. I think they are a nonprofit that that houses the um, homeless youth. The four point over four point one million wow homeless youth in this country and give them the essentials, uh, food, clothing, shelter, but also the community and education that puts them back out into the world without the, with, with the, the skills and education that can set them on a new track other than the one that sent them into homelessness right. yeah, and amazing. poverty. Um, and you know, I've, I've done the last, uh, last few years Rachel Brosnahan introduced me to it and I've done this this sleep out um the 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 Broadway film and TV sleep out um for New York 
chapter. Um, in 2019, I actually came out here to do it. Um, and you sleep outside, outside of the Javits Center for a night. And you also meet some of the, the youth that have been through the program and, and have, have um, landed on the other side, so to speak. And, and their, their stories are heartbreaking and incredibly inspiring at the same time. Um, and, um, and anybody who has the means, I, I highly encourage them and beg them to donate to the government house because it, your, your money could not go to a better cause. Really, it couldn't. And it's just, it's unthinkable that there are homeless anywhere in this country that's supposed to be the richest country in, right. in the world, but especially our youth. It's Four kids. million yeah. homeless kids every single night in this country. Um, that go to bed without that, that that go to sleep without a bed, without food, without parents usually. Um, and you know, I I um I beg people to investigate and um read up on it and to give as much of their time and and money as they can because it really is great. And so so yeah, that that that's that's what I'm doing with it. Um, anybody that hits me up i'll send them back a video and my my share of the proceeds go to the covenant house oh that's very cool yeah well, hopefully more people yeah. start doing it and you give the covenant house some more cash so. all right man yeah, yeah, we're yeah, about yeah. um we're a little over an hour so i'm gonna hit you with the last question and i'll let you go what all is, right all right what uh, we got? what's the most interesting or strangest thing that's happened to you in this business since you started acting strangest thing that's happened Oh man! <laughs> we have another hour. Um, hey, as many stories as uh, you want to give, man. Those are always fun. Oh God! Um, the amazing part is when people go, "I really don't know," and then they just rattle off like three or four stories. You go, "How the hell did you not know?" When you had those sitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I I have a friend who. Like we were cheering, we were like, what's the most traumatic thing that happened to you? And she was like, nothing really, you know? And like for like five minutes, she was like, I don't, she was like, well, like I was on a safari trip with my parents in South Africa when I was nine and I got attacked by a lion. <laughs> but you know, that, I was nine. And we were like, like, we were like, you got attacked by a lion? Like in the open? She was like, yeah. And like, we were like, tell us that story. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't have anything like that, but uh Uh, <laughs> um, I'll tell you one of the most embarrassing things that, that happened recently. I, I, um, I shared this, I don't even think it made our show, but I'll share it on your show. I think, I think our producer cut it. I've told a few other people on, on, in different interviews, but it's still entertaining. It had nothing to do with, um, a job. Um, but I, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we have just been, uh, you know, just just rewarded so much on this show with with eyeballs and publicity, and um, it's it's really been a an embarrassment of riches, uh, uh, truly to 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 be on the show, and and we were nominated for a SAG award last SAG season, and uh, and we we all went the, the cast and, and, and we won and, and it was amazing and um, it was an incredible experience. And it's just, it's surreal to stand on that stage and look out at your favorite actors. It's, and I've always said, I think that's 
the biggest honor is to be acknowledged by your peers. And um, I was walking out of the ceremony, they give you the statue, and I was walking through this tunnel, and I see that this these paparazzi popping off a ton of photos of me holding this and i was like i was like all right now that i got one of these they want my photo all right cool and i like start hoisting in the air like pumping it like this and then and then i felt like this this shoulder nudge and somebody's like brushing past me and we like in slow-mo kind of both realized that what was just happening was very different for very different reasons and brad pitt just looks at me and i didn't realize that those photos had nothing to do with me they were for Brad Pitt standing right directly behind me. And he immediately acknowledges that, oh my God, this kid thinks they were taking pictures of him. And I immediately am mortified going, oh my God, I thought those pictures were taking me. And he completely identifies the situation. He goes, dude, man, I am so sorry. And I was like, no, man, I'm sorry. And like, we both just started laughing. And he was just could not have been cooler about it. And, and, And I walked over to a table just mortified. And, but also laughing. And I tell some people and um, somebody was like, you got to go ask the photographer for those pictures. Go like, oh, give him yeah. some money, give him your email. And I was like, no, I never want to see those, those photos <laughs> ever. And I wake up at like 6 a.m. still a little hungover. And I was just like, checking whatever. And my manager had like woke out of her. She was like, check your email. And I like see it. And these photos are immediately uh, like on all the, you know, the, wire image and getty and all that shit and like like these uh, like both shots like of me like standing there like an idiot and then him right here and then the the aftermath of us laughing and um and i was like oh great okay well that's the actual truth of those not not like we're chumming up the truth of it is i you know ignorantly thought that uh, some thunder was mine and immediately had stolen away and rightly so because it was brad pitt standing right brad pitt, yeah <laughs> That's a cool story, man. Damn. That was uh, humiliating but fun to tell. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, a little yeah. bit worse than the whole waving back to somebody and then finding out that they're actually waving to the person back there. Oh, I've had that happen. I've had that happen. I, I, was at a, I was at a voiceover audition and Joan Rivers is like really waving at me like this and like making little baby faces. And I was like, you know, I'm 22, but okay, Joan Rivers. Fine. <laughs> and like there's a mother nursing right next to me. <laughs> right next to me <laughs> idiot i'm such an idiot uh, yeah i'm to the point i've done that so many times i'm to the point now of somebody that i think i know or whatever is waving i go okay although i take yeah. that back i must have stopped because the other day on set we were running two sets i was shooting on one there was another photographer shooting on another set and one of the models was waving and i know the model so I look at her and she's waving. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. And then I realize she's waving to the model on my set that I'm shooting because yeah. yeah. they're friends. And I was like, yeah. and then I turn around and look and that model's waving. I was like, all right, well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> you started like waving like a fly. You yeah, were like, like, oh, get out of here, fly. Get out, get out. Get oh, out. my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Try and save it. Try and save it. Yeah. Well, man, thank you for doing this. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. It was a pleasure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you. we were able to do this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah me yeah, too. Yeah. Thank you very much.